Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today we have a very uh, taboo, real uh, topic tonight. This episode, we're going to talk about all these injustices. And my question to every listener uh, is why are black Americans the target of these injustices? Feel free to give us a call at 929-477-2978 with your input. Uh, This is real talk, so you don't have to be careful about what you say. You don't want to offend. Right now, I think society or the world, I know definitely our listeners, need to hear it the way that it is. Now, I know this topic may step on a lot of people toes. In fact, it may make some people uncomfortable. What happened to one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all? I'm sure you guys remember this uh, Pledge of Allegiance from when you were young. I'm aware it doesn't claim that there will be justice for all. However, we say we have blind justice. And if justice is really blind, how do they know to only treat black Americans unfair? Black Americans have to prove their innocence. But white Americans are given the benefit of the doubt. Uh, They have to prove their guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. But once again, black Americans have to prove their innocence. Let's talk about this. I mean, let's really talk about this issue. Um, We're going to start all this about the show uh, as they see us, when they see us, excuse me. And it's it really hit home. It resonates because I was once that, that team, um, thankfully, and thank God that I grew up to make it to that adult. And I do have teenage children who could be those teens. And it's not necessarily in that specific or particular situation, but it's the way that white America sees our um, black teen boys. So without further ado, we're going to get right into it. Uh, We have my co-host on the line. Let's get to it. My brother Ray. Yeah, um, like I said, great topic. Um, I've been hearing a lot about the show. Haven't personally seen it, but I've heard a whole lot about the show. And it's telling to see it. And I think a lot of it relates to the fact that in this particular generation that we're in, a lot of things that were done in the past is now being brought forward for us to really see some things that were maybe hidden or covered up. Because, as you said, the words that everything's supposed to be equal, fair, justice, those are words that were written but was never meant to apply to us at the time they were written. So it's still that mindset that is there that they still don't think of us as being equal. They still think of us in a negative way, barbaric, almost animal-like, 
in the way in their mindset, which is why you look at it, you see how justice plays out where if a black person does a same crime as a white person, the sentencing is different. Um, the way things are almost done is different. And it, it shines a light to make people really see that there is some breakdowns in the justice system, but no one really knows what to do to fix it. You know, but they just don't want to do it. Right. And that's, so with this, this, this movie, um, I watched a few, few, uh, episodes and my goodness, did it not almost floor me. Um, my wife watched the entire series and she was like snot nose crying, you know, and, um, to the point it, it drained her so and I believe she's sick now, I believe that's the reason why she's she's still <laughs> sick. But it is very it's very sickening. It's not only sickening to the physical, but it's sickening to one's spirit, to one's mind, that um this happened in the eighties. And before then there was um the the issues were in the show Archie Bonker and, and the Jeffersons, and which was the seventies, and here it is, twenty years later. It still takes place today, with no differences, only the way that it's covered up, right? So there's no one riding through your neighborhood with with with, with sheets on their head on pillowcases. However, well, I'm, I'm sorry to to glint you, but however there is there's more lynching going on by way of the judicial system. And I definitely and that, agree that, with that. And that bothers me, right? Because at least then we knew who to look for. Now it's just mm-hmm. being masked and, and covered up totally different. So this is, this is what's, what's really really bothering me. We have another call on the line. Hello? Yes, Marshall Crawford. Hey, Marshall, how are you? Doing well, guys. So we're talking about this, 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 why are black Americans the target of these injustices? Okay. So this to kind of give you to catch up, we kind of touched on, but we just started talking about um, how the lynching has is no longer the lynching of of the white coat, white horses and and sheets and stuff. It's more so like the judicial system. They're they're lynching, they're enslaving, versus you know covering it up way that it is now versus the way that it used to be. When you saw the KKK approach you with their cheeks and shit on. Okay. Good perspective. So 
and and you being being the father of a of a teenager, does it worry you with everything that's going on in society to for for your son to be roaming free as as an adult or young adult male, black male at that? Well, not just for my son, but also for my daughter as well. Um, okay. You know, when I guess when you talked about the lynchings and everything being in white sheets and hiding all of that, um, how different today is because they're no longer in white sheets, but it's still happening. Well, I mean, what you're talking about is the history of our country. And why would we think that that would be any different today than it was then? Um, we're still viewed in a way that we were viewed then, um, especially black males. Um, we're all, we were still viewed as a threat to society as a whole. And our women are still viewed as irrelevant, good enough. And so that has always been, and that has been the history of it. And so it's just interesting. We were having this same conversation. I was having this same conversation on the golf course the other day about the fact that, you know, they made a choice and we made a choice. Our forefathers and made a choice about the direction that we would be in the situation that we'd be in that we would be in today. And what that is is really about the lack of economics. Um, we have more PhDs that are African Americans. We have more JDs that are African Americans. We have more MDs. African Americans that we have ever had in the history of of our race, but yet from an economic standpoint, we still are significantly impacted by this entire society. And so those who control the dollar controls everything else. And so when you look at the justice system, we have a lot of JD, we have a lot of black judges on there. But when you look also at the number of African-Americans that are also police officers, just think about who educates them during that whole process of them becoming judges and police officers and everything. Where do they get their training from? Where do they get their education from? Where do they develop their mindsets from? So they're taught how to be police officers, they're taught how to be judges, and who are teaching them this? And why do you think integration happened? Because when we were to, when we were at HBCUs or at all segregated schools, look at how many debates that just our kids would go and debate with others and how they would win, or athletically. And so we're still a major threat because that's the mindset of this society. And so when you look at these injustices and you talk about, do I have, am I scared for my son? I'm scared for my daughter as well. Scared for them because they're going to be educated and they have been educated and conditioned in a certain way. 
and we continue to have this mindset. So the only thing that we could do is figure out, you know, how do we, it's interesting enough, how do we accommodate? Um, you know, I was pulled over the other night um, simply because I, I was just driving and the cop pulled me over and he says, your tag expired. And so it's at nighttime. So he's driving behind me. So obviously, you know what he did? He just ran my license plate for no reason at all. Just ran my license plate, pulled me over. You know, I was able to justify and explain the situation, and he let me go. But still, he's just driving behind me, and he just pulled, called, he just ran my license plate for no reason at all. And I was like, so I asked him. I said, was I speeding? He was like, no, your tag expired. I was like, well, I have to the end of May. He was like, no, you had on your birthday. I was like, dude, look, I just got my car. I mean, so it's amazing how, again, that we are targeted. And it ain't just our black boys. I'm a grown-ass man. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a grown man, and I'm still being targeted. So it's not just for our kids. It's also for ourselves. And when I said accommodate, I had, believe me, I had my hands still on the steering wheel. And I said, sir, and all of those things that we teach, but it could have went another way if that joker would have been an angry black man who's a police officer who was having a bad day or a white cop who just felt like, you know, I'm going to harass this dude tonight. Hmm. So to, to, to your point, I'm sorry, please go ahead. Sorry. I just, I know I'm, I said I wasn't going to be on, but um, this subject is so touching, and I think that um, when you mentioned the KKK and, and the white sheets and um, the the pillowcases, and then I hear Marshall, and he's saying, you know, how we do have black um, judges and police officers, and you know, think about who they're trained by first thing that comes to my mind is that they're no longer wearing the white hoods or the pillowcases or the sheets. They are wearing the black robes and they are wearing the blue and black uniforms, whatever color that may be. And they, like he said, regardless of color, they are being conditioned and trained to continue this cycle. Um, And it's really disheartening because and watching, you know, I watched the full four-part series to When They See Us. And right out the gate, the prosecuting attorney, uh, Linda Ferenstein, I think her name is, she referred to those boys as animals, you know. And she had a case, a rape case that fell in her lap. And these boys were being held to present in family court so that they could go home because they were only – you know, maybe disorderly conduct in a part, but they were only messing around. And um, she decided at that very point that when she saw that they were all black kids, to call them animals, and she decided that they had already committed this rape. And she made the police officers and the investigating officers, she conditioned them to interrogate these kids in such a way that her outcome was in her favor. 
and they made sure that the judge who got the case was one that, you know, didn't take any stuff, you know. So from the very beginning, she set them up because she saw them as animals. Mm-hmm. And she saw an opportunity. Cool. You're absolutely right. Um, good point. And I'm glad you brought that movie up because it's getting a lot of press and it's getting mm-hmm. a lot of um, it's getting a lot of attention about the impact of it and the way that it was portrayed. And now this woman got a lot of her success by falsely accusing some daggone kids. Falsely accusing mm-hmm. some kids. And um you know, it, it, and what are we doing about it? What what collectively can we do about those type of things? And, um, yeah, it just raises all kinds. So great point and great. And I appreciate you bringing that, that movie up in particular. Well, you know, I think that it's – we got to get away from that, that fearful mentality to where, you know – we can't do this and, and we can't do that or they let us do this or what have you and and, and standing up. At some point, you got to stand up for yourself. You can't continue to get dogged and, and beat down and kicked around forever. Forever. I think it's because they they know who we are. Everything, like like you said, as far as intellect, we got it. As far as athletics, we have it spirituality, we have it. Like, we're the threat, like you said. So we, we knowing who we are, we got to stand up and say, look, this this can't happen. But injustices yeah, are we, happening in so many ways. Um, it is. You know, I, I was just reading something today where they were talking about allowing you know, student loan debt to be a part of bankruptcies. And who do you think files the highest level of bankruptcies in this country? You know, I mean, it's, and it's not us. <laughs> so again, you talk about a disservice and an injustice. Um, even, I mean, in so many facets, when you look at the home ownership rate, you know, I mean, the stripping of land, if you, you know, there's a movie out there called The Boss that's talking about the history of African-American businesses. And you just look at the injustice that was imposed. There are so many examples of these injustices that are happening. And I was just recently just trying to finish up an article that talks about the negative base narrative, because there's always these narratives that just speak to us in this light of the negative aspects of things and never about the positives. You know, we applaud our brothers and sisters that are a part of, you know, law enforcement at all levels. But Q, you make a great point. When do we, you know, make the decision that enough is enough? And how many of them are are fighting on our behalf and, and trying to buck the system? And we know that that's a tough spot to be in. Because, man, the moment you buck that system, boy, they, they cut you at the me, knees. How you guys doing we have a caller from St. Louis. Let me ask you a question. What about the other side of the story that's never heard? 
Please, allow us, allow us to hear it. Tell us the other side of the story. Well, you know, you may mention about business. <clears throat> Nobody talks about the great businesses that blacks had going on from the 1600s through 1865 in all areas of industry, from transportation, manufacturing, shipping, so on and so on. And <clears throat> I give you an example, Ferguson. Blacks fled the city of St. Louis, moved to Ferguson about 40 years ago, have lived there, maintained properties, have property values. But here of lately, you have other elements that move in, and that's caused a lot of trouble. And after the Mike Brown incident, where you had blacks that came from not in, that didn't live in Ferguson from outside and started looting, burning, and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. So now those stable blacks is fleeing again. Mm-hmm. They got on the police because police will stop you, <clears throat> and as they supposed to, if they notice you got a cracked windshield or your tail lights and that's out, they're gonna cite you for those things because they supposed to be fixed when you drive. If you don't have insurance, I say that they supposed to impound a car that's not able to prove financial responsibility. Why would you let it go? And have an accident, then they're gonna run off, and not even tow up somebody else's car. But the okay. point is, is why are African Americans targeted at a higher level than others? That's because the whole in conversation. Ninety-nine percent of well, you know, sixty, seventy percent of the occupants, residents in Ferguson, were African Americans. <clears throat> then you include those other areas: Berkeley, Moline, Acres. They 90% black, 80% black. So who else is driving out there? Whites don't come into those areas. And a lot of blacks don't come into those areas. So who okay, else is so going to So let's fast forward to Alpharetta. Alpharetta, what? Georgia. You know what? Well, I, I mean, them jokers, they got busted. I don't know they got, bu- they got cracks in their They got cracks in their windows, and the majority of them are white. And they are targeted, but... Again, so are you saying that it's a geographical situation that only in the hood or only in the areas that African-Americans? And so they are enforcing the law in our communities and not enforcing the law in other communities. Well, it's, it's, see, you're saying they. There's 18,000-plus different police departments across the United States. Okay. They all no, are I'm different. No, I'm saying they in Ferguson. I'm, I'm, I'm going back to your example of Ferguson. I'm saying the police in Ferguson. Are they now enforcing the law more so because that's what they're supposed to do in Ferguson? But if you go up the street a little bit, they're not enforcing the law? No, what happened in Ferguson, because of the investigation that brought it out, it was doing what they should be doing. But people said that's, they called it a debtor's court. So what they said, police should stop there. So now the police just let run people, let people run wild. Okay, you had an instance where you had a car speeding, ran the stoplight. The police takes at them, and then they run into the the the, uh, the, the vic, not the vic, suspects run into a pole, and I think two of them killed themselves. So everybody's pissed off at the police. But why was they speeding and running through red lights? Nobody says anything about that. And here's the thing, like I said before, the good people, and I'm saying good, those ones have been staying out there for the longest and have built up their community. Apparently, 
the way the policing was going, it was okay with them because they didn't go to change it. But nobody gives that consideration. Well, I think a lot One of thing, people give it. Thank you. One thing I, I I think you're missing what we're saying here. We're saying it should be equal across the board. It shouldn't just be well, targeted at black Americans. It's, but it can't be. It shouldn't just be targeted at, at, at black Americans. Black Americans should not be the highest number of incarcerated people that's incarcerated. They shouldn't be the, the highest number of of death. They shouldn't be the 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 most negatively portrayed group or demographics in this country. When in well, fact, let me, it, hold on, wait, 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 let me finish. Let me finish. When in fact mm-hmm. you have white Americans that's growing up. White Americans that's uh, doing stupid shit. White Americans that's on the acting just as ignorant. But no well, one. Well, the most people in jail are white. They're not black. Now blacks are disproportionately in jail. <laughs> not in Atlanta. Well, see, you said across the board, which I guess you mean across the country. I'm not. I, I can't tell you what's going on in Atlanta. I don't live in Atlanta. I come there for some time to get things done, and I'm not there. But you. It, but what I'm trying to tell you is that how your police operate is dependent on that municipality. Police are employees. The municipality is the employer. And if you don't want your police engaging in high-speed chases, or if you want them to wear lime green pants and pink shirts, that's your prerogative. You pay their salary. But if I pay their salary, why is it okay for you to shoot me in the back when I'm moving away because, from the situation? Well, it, it, you know, that there is is touchy. <clears throat> you know, court cases have said <laughs> really? that when a police... Well, wait a minute. Court cases have said that when a, when a suspect is running from the police, they got a right to shoot them. But suppose you as a suspect, you run around a corner out of view of the police and you grab an innocent bystander and use them in a hostage situation. But I thought you only supposed to use deadly force if your life is in jeopardy. And if I'm running away from you, your life can't be in jeopardy. Yeah, but now this woman or a male or this hostage is life is in jeopardy. But you just you added that to the situation. I'm talking about because just, just that's the reason cops and robbers. If, that's if the I'm reason. running from you how That's the like reason why, because the court said you can stop that person because the potential for them to go and involve somebody else and endanger somebody else's life is great. You know, you, you, people talk about police uh, school shooting. Heck, back in the 30s, the police was chasing somebody. They ran up into a school, and they killed some kids. This was back in, like, 1938. So, I mean, I just put that out there. But the thing is, is this. Why would you know people got to ask why are you doing these things if you know, especially in a black area, if you know the blacks who's innocent is going to catch the blunt of it? That means that you yourself don't give a damn about the community that you're in or operating out of. Yeah, but it isn't always, but it ain't always where we're always doing something wrong that has them policing. Now, we know this from a 
from a from a from a historical perspective and everything. Not everything. We're not. What you're trying to claim is that we're always doing. We're always putting ourselves in harm's way, and we know that in that North ain't Saint, the case. In, in North St. Louis, it is. Well, then you know what? You're in North St. Louis. So when we're giving a perspective about what's happening in Alpharetta or in Georgia, you go to say, well, I don't know what's going on there. I but don't. It ain't, it ain't happening but just in but North you're, St. But Louis. But the topic of your show is why are black Americans the target of the injustices? Well, you include yeah. the whole country. But it's not okay, all black. But, but, okay, but you're but what Would you're you saying is happening there in St. Louis is because what, what you're what you're saying is that they deserve everything they're getting. Well, I tell you what, what goes on, you're absolutely right. Well, I don't know about I'm Georgia. Glad, I'm glad I don't know you're about not Atlanta. my councilman, or you don't, I don't represent know about, <laughs> in St. Louis. I don't know about Atlanta. I don't know about the. Uh, Appaloosa, Georgia, but I it's know this area. Alpharetta, bro. Alpharetta, <laughs> I don't know. Let's let this brother from Albany come in and hear his perspective. Hey, hey thank you, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I am from Atlanta. I, I lived in Atlanta for uh, 35 years, and I now live in Albany, Georgia. And, um, you know, uh, first of all, I like the conversation. The conversation has to be had um, uh, from uh, from a historian point of view. Uh, the conversation has always been available, but we as a culture always fail to act on the conversation. In fact, it's, it's, it's hardly anything other than conversation. Uh, both both of you guys made made valid points, okay. Uh, but from my perspective, from a historian point of view, there uh, we as a people don't do enough uh, to point the finger at ourselves long enough for it for it to amount to much of anything. Case in point, uh, as you all know, over the weekend there were thirty people shot in Chicago. In a 72-hour period, you know, so we can we can point our finger at the white man for all you wanted, that's fine. But still, we should still be willing to go in the bushes, if you will, metaphorically, and beat the drum in our own hood, and raise and raise these raise these issues and points. You know, uh, now my point my 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 point is that. You know, in, 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 in a Trump, in a Donald Trump orbit, which we are in now, it's a tad late to try to want to do something now, which, but, but, but it's not too late still. But, you know, when you see all these folks coming out the closet, all these clan folks coming out the closet, you know, uh, it's no wonder because they thought that this is their time, all right? But, you know, I'm 63 years old, and I hear another voice that sounds like he has some age about himself also. All right? Now, from my perspective, look, we let too much go on for far too long and, and sat by and didn't do enough about it. And that's what put us in this predicament. You know, when it comes down to law enforcement, like my brother that, that, that had his tag ran, and 
And uh, with all due respect, my brother, but you want to get upset about the cop running your tag. Well, that's what they do. See, that's what they do. They run your tag. And so anytime a cop is behind you, teach your children this also. Anytime a cop pulls up behind you, he's going to run your tag. First, oh, yeah. I, and do. you know what? And you're absolutely right. Now, I wasn't criticizing him for doing his job. I just thought it was interesting. That's all I was just saying. I just thought it was interesting that mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. And that and so that makes you better aware, and I was making a point from an awareness. And I mm-hmm. think the point that you made about us not doing enough to point the finger at us, believe me, everybody's pointing the finger at us. We're pointing mm-hmm. the finger at ourselves, like the brother from St. Louis just said. He's pointing mm-hmm. the finger. There are enough people always pointing the finger at us. We mm-hmm. point the finger. That's why we're. That's why we're so far down, economically and everything else, because everybody's pointing the finger at us. Okay. All right. And so that being said, now going forward, though, going forward with the with the generations uh, of your teenagers and the, and the generations to follow them, we have to help them understand the expectations of of that just being what it is. Everybody's always going to be looking at you, all right? Therefore, therefore, you always got to have your game together. Now, this, let, let me tell you Amen. Amen. I'm applauding that. Okay, but watch this right here. Let me see if you can applaud this. The worst thing that's going to happen to black people in the, in the far, very near future is going to be the legal, legalization of marijuana. That is not going to fare out good for us, okay? And for three reasons. I know, because, again, it's just going to impact us economically because, you know, we make a heck of a lot of money for it being illegal. Well, that's, that's, that's one reason. That's one reason. That's one reason. But the other reason is, but the other reason is that as a, as a culture, as a culture, uh, historically, we don't know how to regulate Anything, okay, okay. The common, the common black person, once legalized marijuana, gonna think that you can still smoke and drive. All right, you cannot, you ain't gonna be able to smoke and drive. It's still gonna be driving under the influence. All right, and and marijuana, unlike alcohol, you have, have you ever been behind the car for somebody, and you can tell they're smoking pot because it's so loud. See. That kind of, that that that's gonna give them enough. That's gonna give law enforcement, law enforcement another probability to stop them, another reason to stop them. Secondly, once you legalize marijuana, who who gonna pass the piss test? All right. <laughs> well, you know, right. if who I could say something on that, yeah. I think all street drugs should be legalized. You know, uh-huh. Donald Trump uh-huh. talked about that years ago. I'm gonna right. tell you why. <laughs> Let me tell you. Let me tell you why. If you legalize, no, yes, you can because some countries have done it. Let me tell you why. If you legalize, if you legalize all street drugs, if if you legalize all street drugs, one thing will go away is the violence engaged in the distribution and sales. If you have a dispenser where addicts who are sick can go in and get their proper dosage, proper quality, sit and be monitored, and if they want to, sign up for treatment. Mm-hmm. 
That okay. is a good thing. Street well, drugs sell for – hang on for a second. Okay. Street okay. drugs like cocaine sell for $90,000 a kilo on the street. Okay. Coming out of Bolivia, that plant is $2.20 a kilo. Mm-hmm. So you have a large room profit margin where you can take – you can tax it. You can use taxes to address other issues. But right now, you got these wars that's going on in the streets that's tearing up communities and getting innocent people and bystanders and kids killed in Maine. And that needs okay. to stop. All right. Now, can I ask you a question, sir? All yes, right. sir. Have you ever been addicted to drugs? No. Okay, stop, stop. Okay. Has anybody in your immediate family been addicted to drugs? Well, no, but I said an addict well, is sick. But, but let me, but, but, but let me, Would you agree? No, well, no, I do not agree because you, you're not even considering the detriment that, one, that, 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 that that would do to your own community. Still, the detriment. We're not talking about the... the, the so commerce. you're saying that it's worse for street drugs the way it is where people are killing over the turf, the sales and distribution compared if it was legal, then they can go and get it from a dispenser. I, I, I'm not interested in, in, in the use of drugs at all. It should be illegal, period, because of the fact now, okay, yeah, I mean. Well, now you're trying to legislate people's behavior. Oh, okay. So, but you know what we're talking about all together? The behavior no, we're of, not. Of, we're talking about coming up with a solution in order to remove the violence the same way that prohibition caused violence in Chicago. When they Actually, done we're away not with prohibition, that either. what we're talking about is the injustices being being well. It is injustice to the black, the black it Americans. Is injustice. No, no, it's, no. It's, the injustice comes if if I commit the same crime that a white guy. Don't give me thirty years and give him three months probation. Well, That's do you injustice. know? Do you know that a black, a dark skinned black, get a harder sentence than a light skinned black? Sure. Yeah. I Did you that. know that? If you yeah, like skin, your sentence for the same crime can possibly be lower than it is for a dark complexion black person. Okay. Okay, who that's a possibility. Who, who however, I know for a fact. However, I know for a fact that if a black guy did commit the same crime as a white guy, it has been proven. It's in statistics that this guy has done three years, and this white guy got off on six months probation. And then you gotta look at what court, what jurisdiction, what state, all those things come into play. You talking about federal rape crime. Is rape. Then, huh? rape is rape. Rape is rape. Is it no, not? It, there's there's different definitions for rape. The federal government has a definition. If you rub a woman on her thigh, they call that rape. Google it. <laughs> Let, let's let's get something from my co-host Ray. Ray, give us something, please. Yes. Um, listen in on everybody. Um, you made a statement saying that the guy who was making a statement was trying to legislate the actions of people, and you kind of did the same thing earlier in your statement too, when you stated that if you were in that particular area of Missouri then clearly you were doing something bad. That's almost doing the same thing. I could be innocent in a community doing nothing wrong. That doesn't mean that I should be stopped and profiled just because I'm in a particular neighborhood. That doesn't mean I'm doing something bad just because I'm in a particular neighborhood. And it just seems that 
That wasn't what I was it trying is, to do. But that's kind of where it went to because you said that almost everybody in that area, yeah, they're getting what they deserve in a way, which necessarily should not be the case if a person is there doing nothing wrong. That doesn't mean they should be stopped. They should be profiled. They should have to handle or deal with the police in that manner when they're doing nothing wrong. And the same thing will happen if we're in a affluent white neighborhood. They may think we're not belong. We shouldn't be subject to those things. And well, you know, we're talking about fairness and justice here across the board. I, I should not point. have to risk. Hold on a second. I should not have to risk being profiled or being stopped by the police just because I want to be or ride in a particular area. It should not right, have this to is be. What I'm, I'm stopped this for is, this. I'm stopped for this that. This is the difference between what he said and I said. He said basically that he's against. Uh, what is it, all drug or people using drugs or something to that effect? I said that addicts are sick, so that's what they're going to do. Now, on the other issue, that if you got a high crime area, you got a certain demographic that occupy that area, and something goes down where suspicion is caused, well, anybody that fits that demographic, they're going to be looked at very hard. That's what they're supposed to do. I disagree. That's not in all cases because out in in, in a predominantly white area where there's meth labs, all white folks aren't looked at as though they're meth dealers or or makers or what have you. Well, it goes on in all black areas too. If if they're in Ferguson, I I don't know any any meth labs, any meth labs in a black area. But you can't treat all black folks like they deal drugs. Listen, listen to what I have to say. A mile north and a mile west of Ferguson, there where Michael Brown got shot on Canfield, you have a black community called Barrington Down. Probably 90% of the people in that community is black. The average household house price is probably about a million dollars. If black kids drive in that community, it's damn near a gated community. It ain't no small community. It's an area. If black kids drive through that area, Doing something suspicious, the police gonna stop them. Notice you said suspicious. And that, suspicious. That, makes that, that makes a difference. That makes a difference. Well, that's what it, now. The, well, it's gonna be that they suspect that this car is not on. Don't it don't belong here. Loud music but or whatever. You, you can't suspect me of not being there because I'm black. That's what we're talking about. Thank you. If, white people, if, white, if a car full of whites drive through Pine Line, Missouri, which is not far from Ferguson, by the way, with whites, they're going to be stopped, pulled over, made to sit on the sidewalk, and they're going to ransack the car. Because, because they say, they what is whites doing in this community? Well you, well, you know the picture. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for making my point just now. I appreciate that. Hold, hold, that, hold <laughs> your thought because I know you got a rebuttal. Go ahead, please. I guess my question is, we, we talk about the legalization of all recreational drugs, and you talk about addicts. No, not all recreational. I said street drugs. Let's just leave it, put it at those two. So when you talk about addicts, does it really solve the problem to legalize them because another issue poses itself, like another gentleman said, the economic disadvantage. Addicts typically don't have money to buy drugs. 
that is part of the crime that's happening where they're robbing and stealing in order to be able to do so. That is part of the violence where they owe their dealer and their dealers are knocking them off because they owe their dealer. So it doesn't fix the problem. If anything, it increases the problem. Well, it, it does fix the problem because, as I said before, you never see uh, people standing on opposite street corners shooting over at each other because of a bottle of Cutty Shark or Jack Daniels. They can go to the liquor store and buy it. So the, uh, the, the, the possibility of somebody getting shot accidentally or however because of that few, and we know they do exist, come on. What's going on in some of these things like Chicago? Question. And it's just because these people are fighting because of territory, more than likely. I'm, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you own... So I got a question. This is just yes or no. Really, mm-hmm. hold on. Yes or no. Do you own a poppy field? No, I don't own a poppy field. Okay. Thank you. Do you own a hemp field? No. I wish I did. Okay. Hemp is... So, hemp is, uh, okay. so hemp, hemp no, is very finish. profitable. Let me finish. Let me, mm-hmm. let me finish. So how would it benefit you if they legalize all drugs? Because I gave you the margin. Cocaine plants in Bolivia, $2.20 a kilo. I, I hear 2. what you're saying. That's, 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 what is it? I, Wait I a minute. What saying, you know, what you asked me a question. You know, let's, let's be a little bit more polite. You, you asked me a question. Let me ask it. You hear, but the not, other people that not, heard you asked the, the wrong, question. You, you, no, I'm not dancing. I don't like to dance. I'm too old to be dancing. Now, let me get to the point. Just like they make money off everything else, they make money off of beer, they would be able to generate revenue off of the sale of these drugs in a dispenser. They don't have to sell it for $90,000 a kilo. They can sell it for much less and still have enough money where you could drive a tax that goes toward and capital improvements in the community or whatever. I got a question, too. I want y'all give me a chance. I got a question for that mm-hmm. gentleman right there. All right, my question for that gentleman right there. All right, so so by your by your observation, all right, if they were to legalize drugs, then that would cut down on the, the gang activity and the, and, and, the, and the fight over territory. Well, let me ask you this question. All right, if you were to legalize all drugs, then what would the gains? What, what would the gains have to do? I mean, what, what, what's going to happen to the gains then? What, what, well, what they hopefully, do? well, with the money derived, hopefully. maybe you can come up with some sort with the money derived from the sale of these drugs on a legal basis from a dispenser. Maybe you can start some programs that's designed to rehabilitate. Or teach job skills and so on and so on and so on. Hey, you got countries where not only did the violence stop, but also drug usage stop. Look at Portugal, for instance. Angola. Marshall, I have a question for you. Who is they? You mean, who do you mean who is they? Are you talking to somebody else? Well... I was I was talking to Marshall, but since you chimed in, who is they? You keep saying they. They don't sound like the the black Americans that I know. Or so who who are they to 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 who's going to profit off this? How is this going to benefit? 
or the black community. Because let me finish. Let me finish. No, no, let me finish. Because we we see the effects that when they put drugs in our community, we see the effects. That's illegal. Is it going to be the is it going to be the the reverse effect now when they take them out? It's going to benefit us. The open up a business that you're going to be doing sales in. A, you have to have a business license. You have to have all the things that go with it. And, of course, sales produces revenue derived from taxes. But you also have to go through a background check in order for that state to give you a license to do business. Well, I don't know about all that stuff. Now, that's something mm-hmm. else. But what I'm saying mm-hmm. is from the principal spunt is that you got kids, innocent men and women, being killed on the streets because of this type of activity. Uh, you have, here's another thing you have. You have pre-dawn raids on houses that they suspect had drugs in them, and they had the wrong accident. I mean, the wrong address. People getting killed, dogs and cats getting shot. You have interaction with, with uh, the DEA, or you have interaction with police where they would confiscate your money. Because they think that you derived it from illegal drug sale. You may have $1,500 in your pocket. When they count it, they count 800 Who are you to argue with them? That go away. I am legally, I can, no, I can, I can say that, well, this comes from my business. And this is proof of how I generated my revenue. We're talking about. The, you the still legality. have to prove that. You know, once the okay. police get it, you got to go to court and prove that. And like I said, they can. Like I say, and you take and you no, take you can, all the well, I don't know where you are. No. <laughs> once they write you a ticket, don't you have to go to court? Listen, man. I, obviously, I'm gonna be very respectful because of the age difference. Okay. I'm I'm really trying to I'm trying to hold it together here because you're so far off the mark to where it's scary. It almost sounds like you're one of those those brothers who's actually gunning black men down. But I'm but I'm trying to be respectful, sir. All right, well, go ahead and tell me how it is that when the police take your money, how you get it back? When the police when the police pull you over, they do write you a ticket. It says how much they confiscated from you. And what you do from that from that point, they sit there counted in front of you. They will give you a ticket when you go to jail. They have everything with you, and you say, "No, this is not from illegal sales. You did not find any drugs in here. You did not find any drugs in my possession." So you can't automatically assume that it's from illegal sales. So then, because I do have a business, I can say, "Well, this right here was from my paycheck, or this right here was from my business." Here's my EIN number. Here's my business license. Here's everything to support the fact that I have a business. And guess what they must do? They must release all those funds in their entirety. All right, let me That's ask you, what, what, uh, I ask you now, what municipality you are from? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. You guys are on every week. I'm going to research yeah, that. I'm going to research that, mm-hmm. and I'll come back next week. You say you in Atlanta. We're in Georgia, right? yes. Well, Georgia is a big state. Narrow down to Atlanta. That's fine. So you in Atlanta? So you're telling me that if the police in Atlanta stop you and pull you over and they find money on you, 
and they confiscate that mm-hmm. money under the pretense they believe that you derived it with from drug activity. And you're saying it's just as simple as coming up with some paperwork, showing it to the police, and they going to do away with that ticket and give you your money back. Is that what you're saying? Yes, they, yes I am. Okay. Because they did not find any drugs in the vehicle. They have no reason to, to, to even suspect that I'm a drug dealer. Okay. All right. Now, I'm going to find that out. I'm going to call tomorrow. Good. No, call tomorrow, but we'll be back on next Tuesday at 9 p.m. I'll be back next back Tuesday. Our, thank you. Now, my brother from Albany, you have something that you wanted to say. Forgive the time. No, uh, no. Uh, I, I'm just kind of lost for words. Well, I do want to say this. I do want to say this. All right. Uh, for that that young man, the brother who just spoke, that's going to do his research, I am somewhat floored to, to hear him say that he thinks that the legalization of all drugs would not be of uh, irreversible consequences to our own community. Now, I say that, now, with all due respect, but only because we live in the Trump order right here. All right. I'm not sure that that brother right there is a 100% black man because there is no way that he can say that and feel that way but still think it's all right for for that type of behavior to be uh, uh, operating in our neighborhood and with, with his having this history of the – yes, sir, go ahead. It's <laughs> not a behavior – it's illegal, just like you go to the liquor store and buy no, brother, you liquor. You don't know what you're well, you know, you asked me a question, and you're trying to make well, me say things the way you want to hear. You, you told me to go ahead. But you don't know nothing about drug addiction. But you don't know a damn thing about my well, drug addiction. I'm not. I do know that. Listen, what has it got to – we're talking about the violence that gets innocent people killed. It ravishes neighborhoods. You got sex offenders around you. You don't even know who they are. But what are they causing you harm at until they go out and commit a crime along those lines? So the same thing is with the drugs. You got recovering addicts. You got recovering alcohol anonymous people. But the thing is, is that's what's involved with them obtaining these drugs in these cities and probably elsewhere, too, is the violence. I can see Wait a minute, hang on. It's the violence that caused an area to be redlined, which tells people don't move there, don't send your kids there, and don't drive in this area at certain times, and possibly don't drive in it at all. All right, man. Well, I'll read now, my piece. I'm, I'm going to say this. Go ahead, brother. I'm, I'm, Go ahead. Forgive me, my brother from Albany, but you got to remember that people sent to infiltrate that looked like us, right? It was a brother who, who Malcolm X knew that looked like him that, that killed him. And it's the same thing he liked to bring up Ferguson. A lot of times when the, when the riots and everything took place in Ferguson, it was somebody who infiltrated that particular place or that, that situation to start, it, to start that violence, to start the, the throwing of the bottles and all this kind of stuff. So it do sounds like this was going on right here. And truthfully, I take it as a as a compliment that is that is very flattering that you feel as though as small as we are that that we must be infiltrated 
with with the negativity, and it's all good. You know, so let me tell you speak. something else. However, 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 I'm going to let you know that we do recognize it for what it is. Yeah, let me tell you something else. You had Ferguson. The communities like Jennings, where Darren Wilson came from, you got Wellston, you have a couple other communities, all black communities. They dissolved their police departments. They got rid of all of them because they were not interacting with the public the way they thought that they should. They came back Did you lose your with job what's called. That? Pardon me? Did you lose your job behind that? I wasn't no police officer. they dissolved officer. the police station? No. <clears throat> I worked, my profession was a structured steel erector. For 40 some odd years, I erected buildings like the ones that fell down in New York during 9-11. I bring my grandson down on Broadview there in Stone Mountains many times so he could train with Brandon Phillips' father who has a baseball camp there. I used to stay in the the hotel across the street there on Northland across from a Target. I can't think of the name of it right now. So, no, I don't have anything to do with the police. And sometimes I fly in and out of your airport. But I haven't Good done that in a while. Now, let me tell you something else. Let me finish telling you. These communities got rid of their police. They dissolved them. And they came back with what's called a North County Corrupted, which has a lot of black police officers. They recruit from the local high school, and that's what they should do. They should do the same thing with the fire department. That fire department that served a uh, black community, well, the employees that work for that fire department should look like the people that they serve, the people that's paying their wages. <clears throat> and, you know, one other thing, you got a lot of black young people that's doing the right thing and doing well. And I like to talk about an organization like the National Society of Black Engineers, who at their last annual convention, which ended March the 31st there in Detroit, you had over 400 hired by one company, Lockheed Martin, plus the other thousands that was hired by corporations that were looking for STEM graduates. It was all black, over 15,000 of them. The two years previous, you had one other company called uh, Northwood Grumman. They hired over 400 two years in a row, plus the other thousands that was being hired. So you have young blacks out here that's doing beautiful things, but they are never talked about. And you got to protect them from all this so other stuff is. that's going on. Why, yeah. why the bad whites aren't being talked about? Well, they, they, got, they can talk about themselves. But every time you see on television, it's always the black, bad blacks that they talk I don't, about. And, and I don't watch TV. Blacks. But you know why coming that is? It's because blacks lack of businesses that uh, provide advertising dollars for networks and news media. And they can oh, talk so about it any way they want to. We got about positive, positive things. So well, if you the white, it, it goes like this. For the is like negative. It go it goes like this. Rush Limbaugh called a white woman a slut. He didn't retract it until he lost thirty advertisers. Then he retracted. Businesses control. Businesses control politics. Politics control your police. Businesses control the media because the media needs ad dollars to operate on. 
If you don't have businesses what show that was, control what show all was this that Rush Limbaugh said this? He said I it on his show. A radio station. Yeah, it's his show. It comes on daily. And this was some time ago, about maybe a year and a half. Okay, right. Rush Limbaugh ha- doesn't have, nor has he ever had, a television show. Rush Limbaugh has a radio I station. Said, Rush Limbaugh I was said, trying to buy. I said his show. He said, his show. He said it on his show. Absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm being very specific when I say that Fox Network doesn't display Black Americans in a positive light. Well, then, do you spend money with their advertisers? No, I, I won't give them a dollar. Well, then that's I won't even turn it on my television. You're right. You're right. You in Talk Atlanta, you had a great mayor down there by the name of Maynard Jackson. Maynard Jackson created black millionaires. That's what they're supposed to do. So he Maynard took money Jackson, aside from the airport. He, was, he took money I aside. I believe he was dead when I was born. Well, see, this is another thing. This is another problem. You were just born last month, and I'm referring to things that occurred over a period of time that had to happen in order to set the policy that you're living under today. Well, thank you for saying that, because that means you somewhere along the line, your generation dropped the ball. That's the reason no. why my generation is 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 reaping all the bad benefits. Well, well you're right. <laughs> your politicians that you continue to vote for, like John Lewis who should be addressing the issues there in what is the 5th District there, Congressional District district in Georgia. And he's been trying to uh, work on issues that's going to supposedly impeach the president. That's ignorant. Really? Right. Absolutely. Are you, you on know. the line? Now we know. Yeah, I guess not. Now you know. <laughs> I guess you got the same thing. Yet. You got the same thing with Lacey Clay in Missouri. You got the same thing with Maxine. Those they supposed to be working on issues that affect your community. They supposed to be talking with whoever's in that office. Just like Laurie Lightfoot, the recently elected mayor in Chicago, she went to Washington to talk with the president and say, "Look, this is what we need. What can you do to help us? No matter who's Uh-oh. sitting in the office." I see the problem. I see the situation right now. I sure, sure, you sure you do. So, so when Laura Lightfoot went to the president to 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 state her case, what did your president say to to her? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't. I I don't live in Chicago. I heard this by Mary Tillman. So, so all these, all these, these, these black people who are in position, you call them by first name. And then you have this clown in the office, but you you call him by his title. Um, well, he's the president of the United thank you States. For pointing no that out. matter what, no. I tell you what, in Missouri, Boeing Aircraft had just received a nine point two billion dollar contract. They hired black engineers. They saved another contract for two point eight for helicopters. Down in Kentucky, because of his tariffs and tax reforms, they are starting up. Three aluminum plants that's going to provide aluminum for those aircraft across the river from St. Louis, Granite City Steel, which is owned by United States Steel. They specifically say the reason we're going to reopen this steel mill is because of tax reform. And then finally, they say what pushed us over is tariffs. It's tariffs on steel. That's a good thing. 
Granite City Steel is next to East St. Louis, where a lot of black folks live. They'll be working there. I, I, I think it's important to understand that the tax reform benefits the economically, economically advantaged. Um, the issue that we, you know, began discussing the is the injustices that happen to blacks, and as as Marshall said earlier, it one of those reasons is because we are economically disadvantaged. Now, you've named off multiple companies who are doing business startups, but who's going to benefit from that? It's well, let me tell you who benefits from the taxes. Let me tell you, you understand what you're getting ready to say. If your tax rate goes from 35% to 21%, aren't you benefiting? If a business tax is at 20% rather than what it was, they are benefiting. They are benefiting by 30-some-odd percent. If a business can go out and buy equipment, if you're in a beauty parlor business and you go out and buy chairs and hair rinse equipment, you are able to expense that in the first year rather than carrying it out into the future. That's benefiting your business. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Well, no, please, wife, go ahead and finish because you was about to finish your question. And then I'm going to pose this question my, my or this answer. Is, my point is, I, I don't know if the, the, the gentleman missed at the beginning of the call where we started off speaking about the injustices we, we were, were talking about. Um, we spoke in reference to the series that Ava DuVernay just released over the weekend, and we were talking about the children who were targeted in an, investi- in an investigation that they had absolutely nothing to do with. Was That's that in uh, Central Park? Yes. And yes. I mm-hmm. think that while what you are saying, okay, yes, we do understand that um, situations, if, if we break the law, then we are giving, essentially, in my mind, we break the law, we give up our rights to everything. Because at that very point, it allows the justice system to do whatever it is they want to do, especially when it comes to sentencing guidelines and rules and regulations. I think that you you also hit on businesses, but again, when businesses open, yes, some black people do get hired. Yes, some people do benefit from an economic break, but the point is, even though I got a job or I own a business, my son can still be treated, mistreated when he gets pulled over by a policeman for driving with a a, a, a broken taillight or what have you versus the results that would happen to someone of his other of the other race. So the point is, regardless of how well black people do economically or not, our children are still suffering because, as one guy said, your generation kind of failed to do its job. But more than that, um, we're trying, these calls are about trying to figure out where do we start well, and creating a solution to these problems. Let me give you some solutions. If you got, first, a uh, community is supposed to be more involved in the operation of the police department because ultimately the liability falls on the community. For instance, when a police officer abridges the, uh, the, the rights of a U.S. citizen to the point where they have to be fired, 
there should be a national registry where that police officer's name goes in. So when he goes to another department, another city, and these people are about to take him on as an employee, they have a right to know about his background. The same thing what you do when you tag a felon. Tamir Rice was shot by a police officer, a white officer, whereas the department where he came from, that chief said this man should not even been hired there for what he done when he left here. Well, how did they know? Another point, you can, or whether you should be made where your police officer carry their own liability insurance. Because just as it is with your car insurance, if you have too many accidents or too many incidents, your policy is going to go up where it's unbearable or they refuse to write you. Those are just two things. You know, that, that's those. I like those, both of those ideas, and and those are actually um, <laughs> pretty smart. Now, um, my wife was, was talking about, you know, one when someone gets pulled over or when they break to a crime that, you know, uh, they give up their rights. I, I, with, all, with all love and respect, I disagree. I think that the, you break, you, who says you commit a crime? That's in the hands of the judge, okay? Due process should be across the board. Equal justice should be across the board. That's what all this is, is about, and just like you know. So if I commit a crime, let my punishment for my crime be the same as my counterparts. That's the whole point of, of, of all this. Well, I hear what you're saying, and due process follows under the fourth uh, amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which is sustainable due process. You got procedure due process under the 14th Amendment, which was put in effect because of black folks. And I agree with you, that should be. But it's things that your your child gets stopped. You, sh- you should have your child to take a copy of his driver's license, his registration insurance card, put it in a little uh, sandwich bag, and have it in the car, whereas they do get stopped, they can reach and grab it. Turn all the lights on inside the interior of the car and let down all the windows. There's an organization called not Know Your Right. Reach for nothing. Right. My son There's is not a, allowed to reach for nothing. Well, when you're driving, if you got the bag and the sun visor over you, you haven't pulled over and stopped yet. Right? I, I understand what you're saying. However, that still does not ensure that they're not going to be shot. Well, the thing that I'm saying is that these are things that people should do not to raise suspicion. And there's a website called Know Your Rights. They send out cards and other material that has all these things on them. And people can buy them relatively cheap, hand them out to the kids, the neighborhood, the church, where that those people will have an idea about these things. Okay. Let's, let's, I'm going to do this. Now, you were talking about Boeing and their contract. Well, Boeing makes Trump's airplanes. So, of course, he will have... Boeing does not make Trump's airplanes. Boeing makes airplanes for the United one. States government. He made Air, Boeing, Air, he made Air Force One. That is Trump's Boeing, airplane right now, isn't well, it? Well, Air Force One was used by Obama. It was used by Bush Jr. It was used by Clinton. It was used by Bush Sr. Uh, that's... Let's let's move forward because I see this right here is 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 not going anywhere. Well, you know what the That's problem the, is, and you know I'm not. I do. You need to talk to somebody who knows these issues. 
and I'm trying to share information with you, so you don't. Well, how get do trouble. I know? How do I know that? How do I know that you are that person? Because to me, what it person? doesn't sound like well, the person that it knows. It doesn't make difference who you get the information from. If it's good information that can save you time, efforts, and problems, it's good information you can use. You're right. You're right. We're going to bring Pastor in. He's, he's been on the line waiting patiently. Let's introduce him to this line, and then we can move forward. Pastor. Yes, sir. Um, I've been listening, and um, everyone's entitled to their, you know, to their own opinion, and I definitely respect everybody's opinion. Definitely so. You have a right to that. Um, and my respect doesn't mean I agree. It just means that I respect it. But uh, I must say I'm a little bit appalled at the fact that, you know, if if the call, and, and I, I apologize, I didn't get on here um, at the beginning, but if the call was about one thing, and here we are all the way off in left field talking about legalization of drugs, here we are talking about things of that nature, we've gotten away from the purpose of the call. And anytime you leave your purpose, um, now we're really creating a problem. And I, and I think that mm. really, in essence, proved a point tonight because one of our biggest problems, you know, regarding injustice is we can't agree. We can't sit down mm. and discuss, you know, and, and that's, that's a, that's a, uh, a problem. You know, one of the things that a lot of the, um, I guess you would say quotes or mantras that's used, you know, is people divided, something, something, something. We are divided people. And there's nothing wrong with this brother. I, I, I dare not make an assumption, you know, about him, um, you know, based off of what he said. I can make some assumptions and say that, you know, he believes in what our president, you know, is doing and has done. And he has every right to do that. I'm not against him on that, but uh, I, to, for me personally, and this is just my opinion, anyone that wants to legalize drugs, um, I can't be in agreement with that for the simple reason that, you know, it's not about the who can afford it, who can't afford it. The reason why it's called a drug, and yeah, maybe to stop gangs from killing each other, but if uh, the uh, that that drug gets in a kid. Now we got another set of problems. Now we're going to shoot up some schools, some churches, and things of that nature. So while I do respect this brother, this brother's not respecting the call, in my opinion. Dominating the call, and when you're having a conversation, that's what it ought to be. It ought to be one bouncing off of another. You know, getting ideas. We're here for a solution, not to continue to identify the problem. And the problem has definitely been identified because we keep going back and forth about what the president has done and how, you know, uh, this group hired this many black folk and on and on and on and on. And and I'm thankful for all of that. But we've gotten away from uh, the subject matter. We've gotten away from the purpose of the call. And, and I think that that's when you lose your purpose, you're going to lose your people. And so, you know, I, I definitely respect this brother. I have the utmost respect. He has a lot of great facts, but, you know, speaking from my perspective, from my perspective, 
I haven't heard anything that God would put his stamp of approval on. So with that being said, to the original topic, why are black Americans the target of the injustices? What's your thoughts? Uh, and this is just a few of simple thoughts. I can't uh, can't say how others feel, but uh, speaking from the other side, you know, why are we uh, are we suffering these injustices? You know, maybe we're being profiled. Maybe it's a maybe. I'm not on that side, so I don't know. But maybe it's out of fear. You know, maybe it's out of fear. Maybe it's out of um, trying to protect what they feel is theirs. You know, it could be that. It could be that we're not getting out and voting. It could be that the right people are not running. Because if we run, we can, you know, at least make somewhat of a difference, you know. Um, uh, um, and then some of it could just be out of ignorance. We won't do our part. to we won't do what's necessary to stop the in- injustices. And my main one is just for me personally, you know, we're so busy fighting against the ones that's doing us wrong instead of working against it. You know, the Bible says something pretty amazing. It says, and sometimes don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. I may have them backwards or whatever, but what I am saying is this. I don't need to, while I'm getting out there and protesting and all that, let's get in here, let's get a plan, implement our plan, work our plan, and I promise you, you hit folk in their pocketbook, you you do it, you know, in the right spirit, the right order, and before you know it, we'll see some of this turn around because um, – I don't know, man. I mean, literally, if this brother that we were just talking to, if if he is our leader, if I'm the leader, either one of us, then one of the reasons uh, that we're failing is because we're following the wrong leaders. I mean, we're following yeah. me. We're following him. We're following Farrakhan. We're following, I don't know, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton. And guess what? We're following the Nation of Islam, NAACP. But nobody's following God. And <laughs> you get like that. You know, man, we're gonna we're gonna continue to fail. So, um, I think if we come together, discuss this thing, we wasted an hour tonight going against each other because you know, let's deal with the elephant in the room. It sounds like it sounds like this brother's a Trump supporter, and the majority of folk on here are not Trump supporters. That's what it sounds like, I'm, and I'm making an assumption, and that's, that's probably very, very dangerous, but that is simply my assumption. But we spent over an hour arguing with each other, and that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do, fight among ourselves, you know, and that way we'll never come together. You know, I, 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 I agree. I called. That was my – that was what I was saying when I was like – when I was talking about it being infiltrated, and – you know, so on and so forth. So now that I've came back and, and calmed down, and I ask for everyone's forgiveness <laughs> for stepping out of character. But what what I do, what I do think, one of the things that we could do is is we we got to come together. We got to we got to research. We got to understand and communicate with each other when about these things, right? Because in this particular movie, when they see us, all of them didn't have the knowledge that one or two had. And the one or two that had it 
didn't share the knowledge that they that, that they had. You know. Now, granted, all these kids versus all of them were victims. But if my son and your son, then I could go in and say, hey, say, Rev, they, they got they got youngster and he's he's with Michael. You got to come down here quick, fast. Now I can step in and call him and say, hey, he's a minor, or hey, that's not right, and, and put it on blast. Now me being the way that I am, I'm I'm a little I'm 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 a little bit more more militant, and I am very trained when it comes to weaponry. And I see you drawing down on an unarmed kid. Out of my anger and my angst, I I may pull my gun because I know how this how this is. Why is it that I got to go out my way to make sure that you're comfortable versus you being comfortable in your job or in your 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 position as as a patrol officer to say, hey, you know, stay calm. Let's get to the bottom of this. I'm just doing my job. You know, you got to talk to the judge about that. But right now, I have to take you in for this. I'm sure if someone would come with that approach, the outcome right. would be different. Nine times out of ten, it would be different. Right. But we gotta know. We gotta. We gotta know the rules, though. We gotta know what the rules are. This, this brother said earlier, and um, you know, I'm not in the same state as he's in, but from where I came from, and I've told you guys before. I haven't always been in the pulpit. I'm not perfect now, but where I came from, the one thing you don't carry in your car is a plastic bag. I don't care if you got your license or anything else. You carry a plastic bag. Now they can throw something in there. Now you got a charge of intent to distribute. You don't carry a plastic bag. That's don't fall for that okie doke. You you don't where I come from. You don't move. You don't move a muscle. You don't, you don't, you don't do anything. You don't say anything until you're told exactly what to do. And so, you know, I understand that, you know, all this. So we've got to know the rules. We got to know, like you said, we got to know, um, you know, how to approach this thing. And you know, I think knowledge and wisdom—that's the principal thing. That's that's what we've got to get. We've got to know how does this thing work? How does it supposed to work? We've got to get in there and start. Helping to make some of the rules and regulations, and then pass that on and share that, and then you know maybe we can eliminate some of it. But man, I agree. I got to make I got to make a comment, please. Please do. Man, um, first of all, I I I want actually want to thank the 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 young the the the, the, the brother from Missouri and from the Midwest. I, I really want to thank him from. Thank you for, for coming on, and I'm gonna tell you why. Uh, even though now uh, from from this conversation, he is of the conservative persuasion, <laughs> and it's good to have them come on uh, on shows like this because you can't get a, a white conservative to come on the show and talk to you. They're not going to do it. Uh, so at least when uh, uh, a conservative of color comes on the show and, and and take the time to discuss with us, I think that's a good thing because from my perspective, at least you you want to be able to pick the brain 
uh, pick the mind of the of the other party or the uh, or of the other opinion. Because you know, if you ever try to get on Rush Limbaugh's show and Sean Hannity show and any of those other conservative shows, you first have to go through a screen, and the screen is going to ask you what 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 is it that you want to talk about. And if you are not in agreement of what's being said on that show, they're not going to let you on. So that and so that's why these podcasts and shows like yours, my brother, that's why they're so important because at least when uh, a person of another opinion has the courage, and I and I find that admirable, when they have the courage to come on a show like your show and differ from your opinion, then that's a good thing because we have to get to a I point agree. where we can we want we want to know where it is that they're really up to. Now the the brother that that is of the uh, conservative persuasion. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of questions that that I would like to ask of him. And but but this is not the time, but this is not the format for that. This is not the subject matter for that. So any uh, any time, uh, uh, sir, host, if you wanna, uh, if you have, if you have a word to uh, have a format or a show on on the on the political platform, then I would invite that brother to come back. And we can have a political discussion. Thanks. Okay. Ray. Yes. Um, listening to everybody. Um, I agree with Pastor. There's a lot that needs to be done, especially with um, doing research. And I think you said about communication. And a lot of that deals also with training, background how to handle situations, not just from our community perspective, but from everybody's perspective who we may have to encounter, whether it is the police officers, whether it is even executives. It's a thing that we have to research, communicate, and be knowledgeable about in situations that we're placed in. And in talking about injustice and things not being fair, it's an example of what we just discussed in regards to being stopped by the police. We shouldn't have to carry a plastic bag with our license in it. We shouldn't have to be forced not to move because if the white counterparts are stopped, they're not even thinking about those things. They won't carry a plastic Ziploc bag. But, you know, in certain communities, I guess it may be good for them too, uh, based upon what the other brother said. But that's an unfairness and uh, a burden on our community that we have to. And even from that perspective, like even tonight when I was leaving from work, one of my coworkers was like, hey, you have your tail light, your brake light is out. You might want to get that fixed. You don't want to get stopped because you don't want no problem. The fact that he would even have to say that to me, you know, the extra part is like, would another person from the other counterpart be told that, hey, you might want to get that fixed because you don't want to have an encounter with the police because you just never know how things may go. And that's what we got to kind of get to the place about the injustice in that by itself that we have to worry about if anything is wrong with a car, a tag, we automatically have that burden upon us that if the cops stop us, what will happen? And we always think mm-hmm. the worst because the worst would happen to us rather than the worst not happening if we're the other counterpart. Absolutely. And, uh, and along those lines, if, if, if I may uh, quickly, along those lines, like like Pastor said, uh, you know, uh, over the past five years, we've had a, a lot of uh, situations to happen 
uh, and a lot of it has been viewed and posted on YouTube, where these things that have been posted on YouTube can become tools for us to use with our kids. You know, uh, we can we can start the video or some of these uh, live streams, uh, and uh, and then we can pause it and ask our kids, "What would you do at this point?" In this situation, if he was confronted with this with this situation, so like Pastor said, uh, and the, the the major point is, you know, we were talking about the other, last week. We were talking about going back to the fundamentals, and the fundamentals are not assuming that our kids know what to do going forward. We cannot we cannot begin to make that mistake again. I think we assumed. For far too long that our people and our kids and our community was going to get it. Well, let me say that uh, in, this, in this Trump orbit, it's a sign that if we don't start to rectify our own wrongs, then we're just going to get more of the same. And I just think we need to share that. Well, I, I agree with you. I think that it's Across the board, right? Once again, the, the entire topic should have continued to be about what's going on, you know, about uh, with justices not being fair. That's that's what it's all about. Just like Ray said, you know, we shouldn't have to be prepared because of the hue of our skin, you know, to get pulled over or whatever we we shouldn't because i'm i'm almost willing to guarantee that our counterparts aren't having those same conversations why because they they, they they're not having to and that's not fair well but but i understand fairness but fairness is not part of the equation they have to well and, and you start right Okay, so I think that I, I do I, I I agree. Fairness isn't a part of the equation. However, according to the Constitution, we have those same rights. According to these pledge of allegiance or whatever, that's what it's that's what it's claiming. Okay, I mean, I, I, let me if stop not, right. if, I'm, I'm sorry, but I want to challenge that. And I want to challenge that when you say the Constitution. And now, in modern times, one would have to ask the question: Well, whose Constitution is it? Okay. And now, well, when you, when as you far as I know, the, there's only one. I know, but but they don't recognize your rights as being their rights, just like they don't recognize their God as being your God. You know, they have a, they have their own God of their own understanding, and and, and it's not the same God that we understand. Uh, and when it comes down to the pledge of allegiance, you know, when they want to uh, jump up and down about calling Kaepernick taking a knee to protest the words of the national anthem, which is which is rightly which is exactly what you're talking about, they they, they choose not to look at the fact and the principle. They choose not to look at the principle. They want they want their opinion to be right. So. So when you say, go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. No, I'm I'm just waiting on you your your disagreement because sound like we're both in agreement. I agree with everything you're saying. 
I agree. Okay. So, but, 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 so my disagreement is we can't rely on them to to recognize in our orbit what is right. We can't we can't expect for them to come around to our way of thinking and to respect us um, on what is right and what our rights are. Because if we if we if we were, if we were ever close. If we were ever close to that time, that time seemed to have left us when Trump became president. When all the persons, yes, when all the persons chose to choose sides in the way of a tribal sense, as opposed to what really makes sense, then uh, they they exposed themselves and their ideology for what is true and righteous. Uh, like, we, like we was speaking on last week, uh, righteousness in their mind is white. White is right. They got the white is right syndrome. And so, uh, like Captain uh, says, and I think I, I hear him correctly, uh, we got to get back to what's really right. But they don't recognize that. No, I am, I am, I am floored to the fact that they have chose travelers for what is really right. And I think that's one of the, that's gonna be one of our battles. And you know, when that brother came on on the show here tonight from Missouri, those are some of the questions that we just need to hold his feet to the fire and make him tell us what he think about what what the, the really differences that we the fundamental differences between the conservative ideology and common sense ideology. Not not necessarily uh libertarian, just common sense. I'm sorry to take a few He won't answer that. He he won't he won't he won't answer that he 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 dance around it just like he he did mm-hmm. in the past. But that and that doesn't get us any place. What I know is that I have a 13 year old son, and I have an older son who's 14, and I should I should not have to teach you how to maneuver or mitigate your way through differently because we're all in America and we all are Americans and we all supposed to have this this set standards or these set rules and it's supposed to be fair across the board. Now, my son, he works hard, he, he gets a, he gets gets good grades. To go to a college to get to an institute of higher learning and he worked his way there. When his counterparts can pay five hundred thousand dollars and just get a degree and cheat their way in, that's not fair. Although you want to look at me differently, but I work for everything that I've achieved versus being given or buying my way. You follow me? Yes, sir, I do. So, so that's that's the injustice. That's one of the injustices. And yes, sir, it is. Okay, now, uh, and, and 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 everything that you said is absolutely right. It's a noble way to be, and 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 yes, we we actually deserve the respect that we uh, that we are past due. All right. But let, let, 
let me let me let me say this to you right. Let me just throw this out there. You know, if Donald Trump was impeached tomorrow, it will make a hell a hell of difference because the movement that they started has already been started. Uh, Donald Trump can go to his base and 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 speak at any rally and still get and, and still keep this fire stirred up. Okay, if he can still keep that fire stirred up, he, Steve Bannon, the alt-right movement, if they can still keep that fire stirred up, that means that we have to change our strategy because the movement has already been started, all right? The players in the movement, and that's why it's important for us to stay involved because Steve Bannon, uh, Breitbart, those were, those, were, those were the people that were supposed to be running the White House. Donald Trump was just a was just a figurehead. It was the all right movement. Yeah, he was just a puppet. But the but the fact of my deal is they, they couldn't get along and, and the people so called elected Donald Trump and he and he kept bringing it up and so he pushed everybody else out. But my point is the movement has already been started. So we have to change our strategy. I mean it, it, it's all about strategic now. You know, when when we we, we gotta start role playing with our kids. If you get stopped, like the pastor said, and like that, like that was Jim said also, what you gonna do with your hands? All right, uh, your temperament. Look, I, I'm from Atlanta, like like I think you said you were. And look, I have not got a ticket. I haven't got a ticket in 20 years, but I've been stopped at least 10 times because of 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 the role play, because of the play. I, I don't play I don't play Malcolm game. I play his game, and and his game is it. It ain't the other balls. It ain't that. It's just the I, I I interrupt. I interrupt his expectations of me. Absolutely. And that's the game. Yes. So 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 like so like Pastor said, we got to know how to play the game. If especially living in Mark in these times. Now these times are going to pass. Yes. These times gonna pass just like they always have done in God's word. They're gonna pass, but until then, we want all our children to, to come home safe. And I think that's the main issue. Just come home safe. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, please. I'm just agreeing with you. Well, you know, and and, and I'm and I think I'm I'm finished at that point. Uh, but I I do think that the basics. And the assumption, look, our emotions, our, our black emotions cannot be the thing that's going to make or break us. Because now I'm a little bit older than you, brother, and which is fine, and I don't, I don't mean that in any disrespect. But from observation, and y'all can agree with me if you, if you care to, uh, the younger, younger generation has a, has a, a short feed. Where uh, they 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 get upset a little quicker than than probably should be, and now if 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 there's any truth in that, then I think we have to address all these minor issues because again, the white movement, and you know it ain't it ain't necessarily racism; it's more like nationalism. Uh, they won't. They. I mean, I 
think I think racism and nationalism is a little bit different. Where uh, they just don't want nobody else. They don't they don't want nobody else to be in their orbit. They I mean we've always heard where they just get along with us just to get along with us just because they had to. Well, when the the, the Trump ideology and the Steve Bannon ideology came about, and they felt then this is our time that we don't have to be politically correct no more. And to them, being politically correct and 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 um and um uh, affirmative action and all that that was painful for them. It was painful for them, and I think we need to recognize that. So if that okay. if that's true. I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. No, I I, I agree. I'm, I'm with you. I'm following you. Okay. So if so if that if that's true, then if that's true, then that then it's our time. Then it's our time to right our legacy wrongs, uh, right our generational wrongs. All uh, right. We we are smart enough and intuitive enough to understand that if we keep doing the things that we've been doing, then we're just gonna get more of the same. So now I got a house with kids. Y'all probably heard them in the background, okay? And my and I got five boys and one girl. My mission is to make my boys great husbands. A great choice of husband for some of you all's daughters. Now, why is that? Because, from my observation, black black boys and black men don't understand how to be black men. I don't know how to be men. Period. Uh, for one thing, they're too whiny. You know, uh, you know, uh, the generation before me was called the greatest generation. The greatest generation. Um, my generation is is probably the lost generation because I heard you I heard so, I heard somebody you said to somebody else that it's because of you is why we are where we are and you damn right you're right about that you're right about that I give you that because my generation was the generation who accepted all the bull crap that they wanted that they wanted to bring to the table I remember when drugs first hit the scene and that that man don't know nothing about drug addiction. No, I like it. I mean, I like the losses on him. But I remember when the movement was do do your own thing movement. Do your own thing. It's, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. And we accepted that. And all of that is 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 the repercussion of what we have now. And and so you know, so um, but we need to rectify that going forward. You know, I I might I'm 63 years old. I don't know if I'll be around a lot. Uh, when change comes, but I'm doing my part, and I and I, uh, I, 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 I thank you, thank you, brother. Go ahead, please. I'm sorry. Keep I pray. On. I pray that you are around. I pray that you are around, and that do your thing. That was uh, you made that song popular. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not as young as as you think I am, but it's, it's with all due respect, and I do appreciate it. But my question to, to to every brother on here is we do know the problem. We all see the problem. Let's come up with a solution. Let's come up with a remedy. So that we can teach when we when we depart from the line tonight, we can teach 
our kids and our other kids. And I do agree with you again as far as my generation. So your generation was the – oh, never mind. My generation is the, is, is the degraded generation. We are not – we don't have any foundation. We, we degrade ourselves. We degrade our women. We degrade – the, the the foundation that we were given or the lack of foundation that we have. So I say all that to say those are our issues. What's the solution so we can move forward? Well, if I... Uh... If I'm still in line with you, one of the solutions is is to uh, to cultivate to cultivate the art of conversation. Now, a lot of people don't know how to actually hold a conversation. Uh, some people are afraid to have a conversation because just like uh, just like most conservatives, most conservatives can't have a conversation with you. Because they are petrified to the fact that your opinion is going to be different than theirs. They cannot stand it. They, they cannot stomach that. So, um, so that being said, then, all right, so we don't worry about them no more. And that's, I think that's one of the things, that we, we know who they are. They've shown their hand. We've got to thank God for that. Uh, I, I really thank God for that because, you know, had Donald Trump been a, a smooth Type of character had he had had he had the flamboyance of Barack Obama or even Mike Pence, if he had he been a, a quiet fellow like Mike Pence, then we'd be in bad shape because we wouldn't we wouldn't have known we wouldn't know what it is that he's up to. But but due to the fact that he runs his mouth, he tweaks everything. You know we got to be thankful for that, and with that we use that to better our consciousness of where it is that we're supposed to be doing and where it is that we're trying to go. So like you say, on, on every opportunity we get, we ask real questions, we challenge, we challenge our young people. Our young people are, are different. They're a different generation. They don't, they don't like to conversate, okay? And we got we to gotta help them break that mold. Uh, we got to show them. We, we have to probably lead by example. But we definitely got to compensate, but we got to find ways to talk to them. Okay, I can respect that. Swear. Yeah, I'm here. And I'm listening to everything. You know, um, I guess solution is, in one way, just being observant, you know, um, listening. As he talk about Trump, you know, you know, he says good thing Trump tweets and do those things so you can see what's going on, but also you have to realize be observant at the same time because a lot of what he do is a dog and pony show. Let me tweet so everybody can focus on this, but what he's really doing on the back end. It's easy for everybody to look what's being posted on social media, but do you really want to know what's going on on the behind the scenes? And I think a lot of what he does is a dog and pony show. Let me do this to get the media and everybody's attention on this, but at the end of the day, there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on the backhand side we don't know about. And Smoking that's the part. All the day long. 
And I think that's what is really going on in what he does. Like when he went over there to go see Kim Jong-un, that one number but a dog and pony show from the investigation that was going on in the state. But everybody was focused on him going to see Kim Jong-un. So, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's one thing to see what he's doing and focus on that, but you really need to focus on what's really going on, what's really the main issue that's going on, and what he's really trying to hide from you at the same time. Because that's where the real story is. That's where the real thing is at. And while you're looking over here, we about to get slapped upside the head with a law that's about to pass in Alabama. We're getting slapped about the head where they're about to go overturn something in the Supreme Court soon. So it's like one of those things where you have to be mindful of everything that's going on, not what the media is posting, because that's always been the issue and things that we've done. Like you talk about with Kaepernick taking the knee and things like that. We let that side of the media tell the story. And once they tell the story, who wants to listen to the real story and reason why you're doing it? Because they are going to frame the story for you and put you in a bad light. It's hard for you to come from behind that. So it's all Absolutely. about you want to be ahead. You want to do those things. You need to be observing, but you also need to frame your story for what you're doing ahead. Because if you allow the media or any aspect to do so, you're going to fall into that trap. And that's how a lot of things happen with injustice. If a black person is doing something, the media is the first one to get out there and they're posting every negative thing they can find about you and make you be convicted before you even get your fair shot at, at, at a hearing before the judge or the jury because they framed Just your story assassination. already. The media tells the story for you before anything ever happens. It's only when those times when they can't find nothing bad about you. They don't even know what to do at that point. They almost don't even tell the story or do it for like a couple of minutes because they can't smear you like they thought they could. Mm. I agree. Pastor, what's, what's the solution? Maybe pastor's thinking about his solution. Why? I think that first and foremost, um, you know, we we pray. We pray, one, for the things that we cannot change. And the unfortunate part is um, we can't change the administration um, until we vote. But, you know, when when we vote and things don't go our way, we pray because God is still God at the end of the day. And um, second, like both the brothers said, we have, we accept what's wrong in our society and we educate ourselves, we educate our children. And we don't stand and we don't act out of fear, but we act out of education and we act out of just, even when um, we are being treated unjust because, you know, the only thing we can do is use our platform to affect the ones who will listen because not everybody's going to listen. And like the man said, not all not all conservatives are, are going to want to hear our opinions. But, you know, and I don't know what Pastor is, but at some point I know he'll chime in because the Bible says the truth will set, will, will set you free. That is what the Bible says. So, you know, if we stand on truth, and we teach our own and teach our children, and we start to spread the word that way, um, at some point we'll begin 
where the world will begin to turn in such a way where we're able to smile at our culture again and we're able to look at our children and, and look at this society and, and have just a little bit more hope. I can give that. I can respect that. My 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 thoughts is that <laughs> actually I'm just feeling with or 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 faxing what you guys all said, uh, including my wife. We first gotta gotta identify what's going on, and we have to communicate and understand. Well, understand and then communicate. Right with with our kids, with everyone who will listen, and including have a conversation to communicate with people who don't necessarily think like us, so that way we can get a, a clear understanding and know where we stand, and know and recognize the smoke and mirrors, so that way we can move forward. We get so overly consumed with entertainment that we forget about all the real issues that's being passed and moved during the Super Bowl, during the NBA Finals, during the World Series, during, you know, Sunday football and all this, because that's more important than what's going on in the news. And that's when everything really takes place while we're consumed with entertainment. We also, to the brother point, uh, as far as communication, I talked to my son about the – we were talking about the Kaepernick thing. And from a veteran standpoint, I can give a shit whether he sit or stand during the national anthem. It's not about that. It's about the injustices. No one wants to look at that part. They just want to look at the fact that he's kneeling during the national anthem. That's not, that wasn't his, his, his fight from the start. It was about the injustices, but not one time have you heard anybody else mention that part. Only thing they want to talk about, smoke and mirrors, is him kneeling during the national anthem. So we can't get caught up in the narrative that they want or the truth that they want to put out there. Because, yes, it is during the national anthem that he's kneeling, but this is the reason and not that. It's not a disrespect to the flag. It's not a disrespect to anybody else. It's to bring attention and awareness to the injustices. So we got to have these conversations with everyone, and it may be uncomfortable. Oh, well, I know when Pastor preached in church and he's talked to some of the people in the congregation about whatever the, the subject matter is, he's making them uncomfortable. But when you're uncomfortable, that kind of promotes or provokes change. And, and when all? you get uncomfortable, when you when you get uncomfortable, that's when that's when God starts to convict you. You know, you you know, if the pastor preaches. Um, you know, fornication, and you get uncomfortable and think all eyes on you, that's because God is starting to convict you and change your heart. So, yes, you are right. And, um, and again, I think, you know, the, the, the bottom line is to, like you said, we use this platform to educate and, and learn. And we, we have to stop underestimating the power 
that we have won as voters. While there are still a lot of injustices that, that's happening, they have not yet taken our right to vote. But we give up early because we don't think we matter. We, we, we rally up and nothing's wrong with the Black Lives Matter movement. Don't get me wrong. But we rally up and we march, but we don't turn out the vote at the voting polls. Some, some for, you know, reasons of felony or what have you or, or the lack of, you know, identification, lack of knowledge is the primary reason. So we as a people, as a black people, as a culture, as a family, as a community have to take our voice, no matter how loud or how soft, and and use it um, and understand that, you know, if we're all singing the same song, you know how powerful that is, you know. So we have to take advantage of that and stop living in fear. And I think that one step at a time, you know, one one person, one one family, one community, one subdivision, you know, one city, state, and so on, that um, we'll begin to have a voice and sing the same song. Because when we do that, we can't be stopped. I agree. And the sad part about it is there's a lot of, before, I'm sorry, my brother and all been. By the way, what's your name? My, my name is Rick. Rick Martin. I'm the, I'm the original Ricky Martin. <laughs> Roger that, Mr. Martin. So, <laughs> when, so when it comes, we, we, we've lost a lot of opportunities to have conversations as far as uh, the, the brother who got shot in Ferguson, uh, Trayvon mm-hmm. Martin, and all these other brothers who were wrongfully killed. Those were time to provoke change. Those mm-hmm. are time for us to have conversations. But we got so caught up because we let the media have the narrative and put it out there. And it fell on deaf ears because we allowed we was infiltrated and making a positive movement into something negative. Because okay. somebody would launch a, a bottle and now our peaceful protest has took a turn. So that way it got no it, it got no following. It had no 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 growth. So we got to understand and call it for what it is that it's, it's it's not us. Anytime we're doing something good, I can almost guarantee that some we will be infiltrated. Somebody will come in and and, and disrupt it. Somebody from now, another perspective. That's right. Now you know. Now you know why Martin and those used to be in, in private and in secrecy. That's right. Because because of the folks that were that are geared to infiltrate you and to feed you misinformation. And that, and that's the thing now. Misinformation and and sensationalism. If they if they can distract you, like somebody like the other brother said, with sensationalism, then you won't be paying attention to what it is you need to be paying attention to. So, all right. So, and, and first, and first of all, I want to thank your wife, and please forgive me for not uh, acknowledging uh, her presence. But I want to thank her for bringing us men back down to earth um, uh, by by reminding us to pray and and to be faithful. 
uh, because sometimes, and and this is just me, sometimes I can get caught up in in what I think is real, and and forget about what what is, what is true, and you know, and and from and from my perspective, you know, America is actually maybe actually due for a woman's presence, okay, because of because of the different perspective that they bring to 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 the table, uh, uh, if. From from where I stand, had it not be had it not been for women being in this world, us men probably would have killed each other off a long time ago. You know, so uh, women that that's willing to get involved. But back to your back to your uh, suggestion, brother. It is yes, we 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 may have to get to the point where we have to operate uh, among a, a selective group and. And, and selective forms because, you know, there are people that still going to be listening. They're probably listening now. Yes, they're probably listening now. And, I, and, I, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm glad about it because I listen to them. I, I, listen, to, I listen to Rush Limbaugh as, as much as I can stand them, which I can. But I, but I still need to know where it is, where they're coming from. And I need to know uh, what that next movie is. Another organization that we got to got to watch is the uh, National Rifle Association, because because look, it ain't about patriotism, and they want to sell you that. They want to sell you if you don't think like we think, if you don't think like we think, then you're not a patriot and you're not a Christian. Well, you know that's a bunch of baloney. So we can't even. So we we have to come back to what it is that we know is true. Facebook. Is a, is another form that we got to start to we we got to infiltrate Facebook. We have to learn to infiltrate Facebook. Now we don't I don't I don't infiltrate them uh, on a personal level. I I post my messages of inspiration, and I let God do the rest. I I, I post my messages of encouragement, and let God do the rest. And hopefully that in, in the words that I speak. That I believe that that are coming from God. Uh, hopefully, that somebody will catch on to what's being said, and they'll find their way to forums like this. Okay, so essentially, there's it's like a conglomerate, you know, like together we are we are a group of of like minds, but individually we still uh, are like-minded and we're still on the same mission. So you, you're absolutely right. We do have to have have the meetings <laughs> behind closed doors to keep from being infiltrated. And when we go out our separate ways, we have to spread the knowledge that we have have had the meeting about. And it's it's sad because. There's no more person-to-person, peer-to-peer conversations. It's all about social media. And if you know, you may instance of, of, of Facebook, how many fake accounts do you think is on Facebook of people infiltrating whatever movement? But I think also we get away from love and 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 faith and truth, we get caught up, like you said, in, in cessationism. 
a person with the Bugatti will get more likes than somebody who's spreading words of inspiration. Maybe that's just Absolutely. the time we're living in. It is. It is. You know, and I think it was us that were having the conversation about uh, uh, the code that we live by where we, we, we don't fall for just anything and stupidity and all. Uh, it, it, it's time, I think. Uh, and and I, 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 find urgency, I find urgency in it uh, because of my age, uh, because of the fact that I was cut from the cloth of, of Martin Luther King and, and the like. Uh, of course, I was a small child, but I was 12 when he was killed. And so I come from a different cloth. Uh, but that, that, that doesn't mean that I, I, I'm all that because I'm like past. Uh, I, I, I've had my tour of duty in the world, and, and, the Lord, and the Lord saw favor on me to, um, to make a difference, I think. So, um, so my, urgency, my urgency level is, uh, is, up, is, is on high because I see the opposition. Uh, they they doing push-ups, they're doing, they doing flips. And 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 they got the networks, um, you know, in the south where we are or where I am, in the south they own all the radio stations, which means that all the shows like this one could be heard is only on podcast because they won't let you in the airways. They're not gonna let you in the airways because your opinion is different than theirs. So we have to utilize what what what's being given us. And use it to our advantage. Uh, now, uh, so my mission now. So tell me, if you will, uh, what days are you all on? What days of the week and what time? Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On Tuesday, so that's one day a week. Well, uh, <laughs> for right now, maybe you just. Uh, Provoked another thought for us to add a couple more days or at least another day. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like going to church one day a week. That ain't going to work. <laughs> okay, then. So let's do this. Let me let me pause right there with you. And I got to ask my wife because, you know, she is she's the boss. Sure, sure. For sure. Wife, what's your Absolutely. thought about that? Absolutely. Well, they, Absolutely. So said, so said, so done. We will have another night as well. Okay. Now, uh, so if, if if you all don't mind, I like to be a part. I like to be a part of as much as possible. I mean, with with regulation. Um, but but what I mean is, if you would just take my number down if, if it's showing, and send me a text on on the times that you all are able to call. Will do. We'll do. Actually, I wrote your number down last time you was on because I really enjoyed our conversation. I really enjoyed your input. And just like yourself, my mother, who who's also a recovering addict, um, it, so it touched home and it, and it touched my heart. And I yes, definitely um, did write your number down. So that's why I needed a name to go with the number. And I was delighted when I see your number come up on on the screen. Um, yes, sir. So, I, I, I thank you, that, my brother. I, I will meet you. Yeah. 
Okay. I really appreciate it, man. I, and I appreciate what you all are doing. Um, and I appreciate the class of your show. Uh, you know, there's no profanity, and, and, and you all do allow people a chance to talk. And so um, so that um, we have an obligation to start a movement of our own. And, uh, and, and, and only God knows how far it will go, but at least we try to do what we're supposed to do. And I thank you for your time. Absolutely. Ray. Yes, sir. I'm here. All right. So, with all you've heard just now, give me some insight. I mean, it's very good. I mean, very good knowledge and everything. Um, just speaking in regards to the infiltration and how to be observant, like we were talking about, and uh, everything from that perspective. And I'm definitely all go uh, with adding the extra night in. I think that the perspective that you're giving is. It's good, and it's good to have that alternate feedback from everybody. Like I said, you don't want to, want to always be in a room where everyone has the same like mind as yourself. You want to be able to pull in the viewpoints from every angle because that's where the true, real discussion happens at so you can really find the solutions. And it's always good to see how other people think. Even if they are way different than yours, it's still good to see how other people think because sometimes you just don't know or you may not even think someone would think that way. So all about perspective and staying observant, uh, communicating, and keeping yourself knowledgeable of everything that is going on. And I think you do that and consistently, definitely, God will be the limit. Thank you. Pastor, have you came back on yet? Pastor, have you came back on? Why, of course, you not least. Um, go ahead and uh, give me a little bit more because I know you got something. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, you know, we. I I was just thinking that you know we enjoy watching um, movies about soldiers and you know and and so and and tactical. Um, movies like that not when we go to war you know they may send you know a black ops team five or six seals or what have you they may send five or six but when they go to war you see the air force you see the whole cavalry coming in to support that one group and the first thing that hits me is that we're we're not in a battle right now this is an absolute all-out war and like everyone has said before, the the key is to infiltrate because that is the only way we survive this thing with the least number of casualties. It's time for us to stop being victims and to start being advocates and to start being voices. You know, stop when when something goes wrong in our community, we look for reasons to to loot and steal what other people have worked hard for. But we don't knock on those doors to say, hey, you know, here's the background that I have, man. I don't know what you're doing, but, you know, can you help me? Those people, we need more of those. And in order for us to get more of those, we have to be real with with who we are, where we come from, um, because the the guy, you know, like the guy said earlier, 
He's been, you know, addicted to drugs. He knows what it is. But people don't, you don't wear your story on your sleeve. So you have to engage in conversations in order to let people know, look, man, I'm just like you. But let me tell you what I did. So I think that everybody is on point. You know, just remember that it's, this we're out of the battle stage. And, yes, we are in a Trump era. Only God knows what the future holds. But if we want to keep him from getting back in that presidency, we increase the number of calls. We increase the number of conversations. We increase our platform. We increase our, our boldness. And, and we hold on to our truth. Mm. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, like I said, so said, so done. Now, we might agree to conclude. Um, once again, uh, Tuesdays, right now, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, there will be a second show. Uh, that time and day will be determined, and I will let you guys know uh, as soon as we iron it out. So next week there will be two shows from next week forward. Um, so if everybody's heart and minds are clear, we'll go ahead and close out. Wifey? Yes. All right. Ray? Enjoy my stuff as always. Yeah, all right. My brother Rick, Mr. Martin. Yes, sir. I, um, I really enjoyed the show, and I appreciate what you all are doing, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to be a part of it. Thank, thank you much. Well, Pastor? All right. So, Pastor's I'm assumed indisposed at the moment. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to close it out. Father God, we thank you for this night. We thank you for all the warriors and the soldiers that you put on the line on in your behalf. We know that it's not about us. We thank you for giving us situations and opportunities to learn as well as to teach each other and each individual who will listen so that they will experience your goodness, your mercy, your greatness, and your love. We thank you for uh, the confirmation that we need to increase. We thank you for the, the willingness we ask you to Give us the strength and and the energy, <laughs> the love and the support from from all. We thank you for you being our foundation, and we know that without you, none of this would be possible. We thank you. I thank you for my wife and her love and support, and all my brothers. I know that none of this would be possible without you and without you bringing them into my life. And I ask that you continue to bless each and every one of them as they move forward. Continue to give them the strength. Continue to give them the testimonies. Continue to give them the victories. And continue to show that you are the one and only. 
You said that you are the great I am, and I know you are. I know that they know you are. And you prove it time and time again. We love you. We thank you in advance. Amen. 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 With all hearts, minds are clear. Good night. Same time next week.